Welcome to How We Get Through, the podcast where we share stories, mental health insights, and healing advice on life's everyday challenges. I'm your host, Jen, a licensed therapist and founder of the How We Get Through app. And we are back today with Abby Wamba, a licensed psychotherapist in Los Angeles. In this part two with Abby, she sheds light on how to create a safe haven for our emotions, understand the grief process of chronic pain, and tackling those automatic negative thoughts that can alter the dynamics of our pain. She talks about the essential role self-compassion plays in this journey and how establishing a new normal can provide relief. This episode has invaluable insights for those battling chronic pain. So I hope you take a listen. Hi, and welcome back. We have Abby Wamba, a licensed marriage and family therapist from Los Angeles, California. Abby helps people get through chronic pain, sexual issues, complex trauma, and relationship frustrations. Abby is certified in hanging that helps people heal from sticky traumatic memories. She's also a yogi who loves backpacking and hiking and has two cats named Frida and Quentin Perentino. Welcome, Abby. Welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me again. Yes. Okay. We went deep into chronic pain, what it is, how it shows up. And this part, I really want to talk about sort of like tips to get through chronic pain and maybe the role of a therapist. Like how can a therapist really help someone through chronic pain? I think, you know, we talked quite a bit about grief last time. And while grief is certainly part of uh, the process that a therapist can support you on. There are also specific things that a licensed therapist who understands sort of how chronic pain manifests in the mind can help to help you work through the part of your anxiety or mental process that might be exacerbating your physical pain. So why we are not physical body healers, we are mind healers and helpers and I, I like to think of it as we help people live in their minds better and more safely and in a more loving and compassionate way. And that is the same thing that happens with chronic pain. So I know you and I talked about going in a little bit deeper about what it would look like to actually work with a therapist um, if you have chronic pain and what you might experience or want to experience in your therapeutic process. So kind of a continuation from what we talked about last time. I do think a big part of it is having a space, safe space to grieve. And when we talk about grief, we're not just talking about the sadness piece. We're also talking about the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the acceptance, the living with grief part. So a safe space to get really angry about what you're going through or what you've lost or how it feels or how other people in your life might be responding to what you're going through a safe space to be in denial, to think you're going to cure it on your own in, you know, to, I don't know, to whatever magical healing sessions you think are going to happen. It just to, to really be present throughout that whole grief process. So that's a therapist is a safe space to go through that with someone who understands what the grief process looks like is non-judgmental and where you can just have whatever range of feelings you need to have as you're processing. But the other part that I do think is a little bit more, I don't know if action-oriented is the right phrase, but it's a little bit more um, active in terms of how a therapist can actually help how your pain is impacting you, is to really take a look at your automatic thoughts. And we talk about this in the course, and you and I uh, put together a workbook also, and it talks about automatic negative thoughts. 
this is an extension from cognitive behavioral therapy. And essentially, whenever you have some type of a trigger and then a negative thought comes, that's an automatic negative thought. So we talk in the course about, you know, maybe you um, maybe you had a stroke at a young age and you're living in this kind of chronic sear that you're going to have one again. If you start to have any of the physical symptoms you had when you had the stroke, you might have intense anxiety. I'm having a stroke. I'm, I'm dying. Lead to a panic attack. And so a therapist can help you really recognize what those automatic negative thoughts are, how to manage them, how they're coming up, and how to help find relief from them. Because when you have something traumatic and having chronic pain is a trauma experience, we get these automatic negative thoughts that say, oh my gosh, it's happening all over again. Or my brain is creating the worst case scenario so I don't have to be surprised the way that I was before. So... I think that's where a therapist can come in handy. Self-compassion is also a huge part of, I feel like grief is a huge part of everything we do as therapists. Self-compassion is also a huge part of everything we do as therapists, but it's specifically a huge part of chronic pain. How can I have compassion for how I responded to myself, for how I feel about my body today, for the negative thoughts that are coming up for me, for the way that I'm dealing with my pain today? It's, It's a lot of sort of how can I love myself through this painful experience while also figuring out how to support and heal myself. And then the other thing a therapist can do, I think that's really helpful is, you know, we talk a lot in grief about new normal. And I think that phrase is really accurate and also kind of triggering for some people. Um, and essentially the idea behind it is, what does my life look like there was a before my chronic pain and now there's an after or a continuation of living with my chronic pain. I know what my life looks like before. My current after feels awful. I'm in pain. I'm angry. You know, I'm, I feel disoriented. I've, you know, I'm isolating myself, whatever it looks like. A therapist can help you create a new normal that feels better to you, whether that's new physical activities that work with the chronic pain you're experiencing or, Maybe you need to shift some friendships that aren't actually supportive. Maybe you need to find a support group that helps provide a safe space for other people who know what you're going through to talk through what's happening. Um, So a therapist can help you kind of chart your course forward and live your life in the way that you want to with your chronic pain. Yeah, I love that. And I think the one of the first things you said that I think we do as therapists is create that space where we don't fix it right away, right? Because a lot of people in chronic pain, like, oh, I'm having a flare up again or whatever, or, you know, they, I think people that love us are like, okay, you do this, or let's get this, or let's, you know, there's an automatic, let's fix it. And there's not a lot of fixing in chronic pain in that way. And so when you can just allow it to be shitty, allow it to be sad, allow it to be great even, like today was a good day, whatever it is, right? There's not this knee-jerk reaction to change the feeling. And I think it's it's that. It's not a knee-jerk reaction to change the feeling and a safe space to learn to sit with the feeling. You know, all of that is a part of the work that we do as therapists. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. How do we sit with it enough, tolerate it enough to understand it and allow it to like flow through because the grief process is the wave, right? 
it'll come, it'll go. And acknowledging that it's happening for you, I think is very, again, validating in that this is really hard. I think the other thing that sometimes happens for, for, you know, there's a subset of people that are like, have you tried XYZ thing my cousin did? I think that would work for you. Um, or there's people that are like, I'm doing research for you. Here's five doctors. And you're like, no, I don't want that. But then there's also the other extreme, which is, okay, well, this is your life. Get over it. And people who kind of want to erase your experience or bootstrap your experience. And it's hard to find somebody who will just sit with you in your experience, grieve with you in your experience, hope for you in your experience. And that's what a therapist can do and a therapist can also support you in finding other people in your life that can do that for you. Yes, that's so true. So, and even that is like when you talk about maybe getting new friends or shifting people, like that's all creating emotional boundaries of your new normal, who is going to support you or how do you communicate what support you need now that you're stepping into a new normal life? And how do you communicate your needs to your existing partner or friend? You know, how do you, maybe some maybe some of it is you advocating even within your own relationships for, hey, you keep trying to solve this. I just need you to be with me. I just need you to listen to me. And so it can even be that you know, sort of pointing out and coaching and guiding people to see if people in their life can show up for them differently. Right. Yeah. Have you done um, any therapy with couples in chronic pain and how that impacts? I don't do couples, but <laughs> I, you know, I haven't. I have done therapy with individuals who are experiencing chronic pain and then referred them to couples. And I have done therapy with individuals who have a partner who's experiencing something chronic, whether it's a chronic mental condition um, or whether it's a chronic physical condition just sort of reminding them that they need a safe space too to grieve that their partner is having this experience and the partner they they were with is now a different partner, either different limitations, different capacity. Um, and the last thing you want is your your primary partner to become just your caregiver. you know you don't want your whole relationship to revolve around your chronic pain either. you're already thinking about it and dealing with it. How do you create? Um, a different couple's experience. So no, I haven't worked with couples, but I've worked with individuals on both side of that experience in a partnership. Well, it's just like, I think straight to the point around how impactful it is. And it's like this silent impact, you know, just like this slow burn of something major is happening in my body and in my life, but it it isn't like an open wound, right? Or, you know, it's not like this physical or um, something you can visually see all the time. Like, I don't know if it's described as like a, I don't know, because chronic pain can be a lot of things, but it feels like invisible. Well, and it can, it can be visible, you know, if you, um, I mean, if you had a major surgery that causes you to walk differently, you know, then pieces of it are visible. But there are certainly invisible, there is certainly invisible illness and invisible pain. A lot of autoimmune disorders are invisible. And then there's also always an invisible suffering piece. You know, even if your condition might have a visible component, you yourself are experiencing 
parts of it that are really debilitating. Migraines certainly are an invisible illness, but people usually have to, you know, remove themselves from a room or from even a specific space to heal from that. So, yeah, there's a lot of invisibility to it and that can feel lonely or exhausting or sad or a lot of different things to people. Yeah, yeah. And and then lonely in your own relationship, right? And in other places. Yeah. I think even more what I'm like keep coming back to is that validation, that validation of the pain or the experience and then all the things that come along with that. And and I don't know, again, like on a societal level, like on the medical level, like there's just a lot of avenues where people can disregard it or push it off or try to fix it. And so, again, I think what you're saying is like in therapy and what we do as therapists is like creating that neutral ground where you can be everything, experience everything, let it all out. And then we can kind of figure out, okay, what do we want to do with this now? Or how do we want to get through with this? But it almost feels like it's that initial step of like, what is here? What are we dealing with, right? And can you give yourself, you know, it's like the human experience to feel all the things. I think too, a lot of healthcare and medical fields are about uh, finding the symptoms uh, or listening to the symptoms and then finding the diagnosis. It's a very black and white world. I think part of the space we hold as therapists is we create a room for a lot of complexity. You know, you can have anxiety and it can tick off every symptom in the DSM, but your anxiety can look wildly different from someone else's. Chronic pain is certainly the same way. And I think how it shows up in your life, how it affects your life, how it affects those around you, what your healing journey is like. One thing that we are are good at as therapists is is really creating space for that gray area because it's not it's not a one size fits all experience. Right. Yeah, exactly. I would love for you to kind of dive into havening and what that entails. And is there any intersection around chronic pain or trauma and what that looks like? Sure. So havening is a a trauma modality. Um, It, it, you know, there's brain spotting, EMDR and havening sort of have, have similar feels. There's, even though they're practiced very differently, um, they try to do a version of the same thing, which is take a sticky traumatic memory that is encoded in the brain and your brain is sort of reliving and stuck in that space. And they try to depotentiate it. They try to make it so that your brain isn't reliving that traumatic memory. Um, and certainly there's a lot of trauma around chronic pain. Havening actually has sort of specific trauma. I mean, sorry, havening has specific chronic pain trainings. Um, I, I have not taken those even though I do work with chronic pain clients, um, that's the bulk of my practice is more relationship and trauma-based. Um, but I am really curious about that. Um, so there is certainly a like havening and chronic pain layer that is um, researched and practiced and, and supposed to be really cool and healing. And there's a... Um, practice in Pasadena that pretty much only does havening or specializes in havening. They do a lot of chronic pain work and they even used to have chronic pain havening groups. If I'm, yeah, if I'm remembering. Um, 
So specifically the way havening works is it essentially tries to um, take a sticky memory that's encoded on the amygdala, which is where trauma is stored in our brain, and through a process of giving the working memory a different job so it's not scanning for your traumatic experience, you give it a neutral job of um, like a series of different brain distractions that are really calming and neutral. And then you also do a series of self-havening touches the palms, down the shoulders, and around the eyes um, that are specifically spaces where we release delta waves that just really um, soothe out our central nervous system. So you're taking a sticky trauma memory and you're giving it this sort of physical neutralization and this mental neutralization so that you, when you recall the memory, it doesn't have the same trauma and weight and impact. Yeah. And it's been um, incredible to use it in my practice. Um, I have used it, you know, this is an example of a, a therapist that I used it on when I was getting trained. Um, she'd had a really, really traumatic car accident. And every time she was in a car as a passenger, she was experiencing an immense amount of anxiety and she was stressing out the people that she was, the, <laughs> the drivers of the cars that she was in. And through just a couple of havening sessions, she didn't feel that same urgency. She sort of forgot that she was even usually anxious about driving with someone until after they, you know, had completed the drive and reminded her that she didn't harass them the whole time. Um, so it's been cool to see how it it works with talk therapy to help really um, get at some of those sticky trauma memories that just come up over and over again. And I should I should look into doing it for chronic pain. I just got certified recently, um, so certainly I'm looking into other things. I'm looking into other um, different things that I can add on. They have chronic pain. They have a number of different things you can use. That's awesome. That's really cool. Is it this? Is it similar in EMDR, which I'm also not EMDR trained, but uh, where you are talking about the memory, like you have to kind of go there or can you do these touches from a regulated place i guess you said neutral i don't know can you walk so um you essentially recall the most intense part of a traumatic memory um and you don't ver you're not verbalizing it to the therapist so it's it, you're in a safe space but it's happening very the healing is happening very internally and then once you've sort of brought yourself back into that space in your mind and activated yourself so that you are online in that trauma memory, then your therapist directs you out of that traumatic memory to do the neutral, the physical and to do the neutral brain um, distractions until your distress level is at, uh, you know, something that's manageable, like a two to a zero to a two. So it's, it's it's I've never done EMDR or brain spotting either. It it is adjacent, but it is the process is very different and how it gets you to a deep potentiated memory is also different. They kind of go they kind of go about different avenues and how they help um release some of those sticky memories. Got it. And did you hear about it from another therapist? In one, the area? Of, one of my um colleagues that I went to grad school with is a trainer. Um, and has been doing it for several years. And so I actually, she practiced on me when she was getting certified years ago. And I was skeptical um, and didn't know how I felt about it. And then 
after going through the process of being practiced on, I was like, oh, that was really powerful and empowering. And it just aligns a lot with my practice since I do attachment and more depth-oriented work. And so this idea of sort of self-healing, self-parenting um, is already woven in my practice. And this just felt like a natural way to add that on to specifically the trauma component. Yeah. And is that something they take with them that they can do whenever they're activated? Yeah. And that's another thing I like about it is that even though it's helpful and sometimes necessary to have a therapist walk you through that those initial trauma memories, you can do the havening practice whenever you're dysregulated. And it's really helpful for soothing your central nervous system. Yes. Yes. I'm all about that. I'm all about like, yes. Yeah. And reminding ourselves and empowering ourselves that we can be capable of that. You know, we obviously can get help and get support when we need, but I don't know, my framework is like, here's, here's all the help, here's all the support. And now what does this look like for you in your life? And like, you can replicate this for yourself. You know, you can still continue that journey for yourself. It doesn't stop with me. I'm just the facilitator back to you, essentially. Well, and it's nice to give people something that they can take home with them whenever they're feeling dysregulated. So, you know, not only so they aren't dependent on the therapeutic process, but so they feel like they have tools to actually self-soothe when they're away from it. And when you do work with chronic pain, um, you can, if, if physical touch is too upsetting or if it if it hits on an area that your chronic pain is related to there's a lot of workarounds like you can use a pillow or um, there's different ways that a practitioner a havening practitioner can work with you to really allow you to still do the havening process even if you you feel like your chronic pain might interfere with it so back is say someone is already doing therapy with someone but they're not certified in havening can they come to you like similar for like emdr so I, I that's not the type of practice that I have. Um, I just use havening as a way to support my active clients and integrate it into my work. But there are definitely havening therapists that would be more than happy to just see you for the havening process. And I think havening.org, let me, let me see. Yeah, havening.org has a list of practitioners. Awesome. So you can search for ones in your area. Is it nationwide? Do you know? It is. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. global as well. There were wow. people from different countries in my training. Awesome. So yeah. fun. Yeah. Cool. Abby, well, where can people find you if they are like, Abby's a friggin' jam. I need to see her. Tell me what's up. You can find me on my website at abbywambatherapy.com. And on there, you will find my phone number and my email and address to my office um, and how to contact me. So that's probably the easiest way. Yeah. And not to be confused when you Google it, it's not Abby Wombach. Yeah. Not the <laughs> soccer player. Similar spelling. It always comes up. Yes. Different very similar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> W-A-M-B-A-U-G-H for me. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Abby, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, sharing your story. I think really empowering everybody and anyone who has chronic pain out there. Um, we encourage you to check out your course on the How We Get Through app and obviously check you out 
Um, make sure you get the spelling right. Yep. <laughs> and thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to our show. We hope you feel more prepared to start or keep going on your chronic pain journey. And if you are feeling lost and needing support, check out Abby's course, Chronic Pain on the How We Get Through app, which is available for both Android and iPhone. Okay, next week's episode, we are celebrating BIPOC Mental Health Month with psychologist Pauline Peck. Join us as we explore how the hell to have boundaries in immigrant families. We'll see you there.